Welcome to Growth Mindset University. My name is Jordan Paris, 21-year-old author and host of this show. And with this show, you and I will embark on a journey to learn the things that we should have learned in school but did not, so that we may take control of our lives while fulfilling our vision of success. Each episode will feature a brand new lesson, and now it's time for today's lesson. So put your thinking cap on, because school is now in session. My guest today dropped out of college because he effectively monetized a Twitter account where he numerically objectifies dogs. The popular account, We Rate Dogs, at dog underscore rates on Twitter, is followed by 7.9 million people, including J.K. Rowling and Cole Sprouse. And each tweet of him rating a dog out of 10, often exceeding the scale with a 12 out of 10, generates multiple hundreds of thousands of likes and retweets. His account, his Twitter account, at dog feelings, at dog underscore feelings, otherwise known as thoughts of dog, has 2.5 million followers because, as he says, he's good at writing like a dog and embodying that behavior. And this is my personal favorite account of his. And each tweet, again, generates multiple hundreds of thousands of likes and retweets. He has similar accounts with millions of followers over on Instagram as well. And here he is, the man whose tweets are the only reason I go on Twitter and the man (laughs) time.com called the dog king of the internet, 22-year-old Matt Nelson. Welcome to the show. (laughs) Thank you so much. That was quite the intro. Um, I like how you just took my my pinned tweet on my personal account is that numerical objectification uh, tweet. I love it so much. That was a great, great use of it. Yeah, that tweet is (laughs) my absolute favorite tweet on the face of the planet. Okay, I'm I'm going to I have it here. I'm going to I'm going to read it. My dentist asked how school was and I said, great, because that's much easier than, oh, I actually dropped out of I actually dropped out because I've effectively monetized a Twitter account where I numerically objectified dogs. It's just genius. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, it actually happened too. Uh, it took me like three dentist trips after that to finally be like, yeah, I'm not in school anymore. And then I kind of like everyone, I mean, it's hard to, to segue into it, but then I talk about the account a little bit. I feel very similarly when I'm at the dentist. You know, I've, we've had the same exact conversations <laughs> while we're there. Uh, and, you know, for I am still in college, but I, you know, if you've ever seen any of my stuff on LinkedIn, which is where my presence is, I mean, everyone knows what I think about school and that I really do kind of think it's a huge scam. Uh, and there's a lot that goes into that. But you know, I, I've gotten into the habit of just saying, you know, it's good. <laughs> like, how's school? It's good. <laughs> yeah, it's much simpler. And usually in like, when you're in social media, it just requires a lot of explanation. And sometimes I don't feel like doing that. So yeah, you know, sometimes it's better to just leave it simple like that. And you know, yeah. it's it's better to hold back sometimes, especially pretend, pretend you're part of the status quo. for a little Right, bit. <laughs> right. I mean, yeah, because we all you know, whether we like it or not, I mean, human beings try to fit in, you know, you know, we can only do so much. I mean, you know, oh, yeah. you, I, would- I mean, Matt, you, you know, as much as you stand out in other ways, I mean, you still put clothes on before you go outside, right? I mean, just <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I was gonna say that, like, uh, oh, I've actually completely forgot what I was gonna say. Um, yeah, it's just it's it's nice to it's nice to just be like, yeah, school's good, um, and not not go down that uh that rabbit hole of, of questions. Um, so yeah, I've gotten used to doing that, and unless it's someone that like I know I'm going to see again, like it's better to just avoid the topic. <laughs> right. So when people ask what you do specifically, not just how mm-hmm. school, but when yeah, people yeah. ask what you do, how do you answer that? Um, usually just that I, I work in social media. Um, sometimes I say social media marketing. Um, and then if they ask more questions, I usually end up revealing that, yeah, I run, I run, um, an account that's, it's based on dogs. Um, and then if they don't like start guessing, I try to leave it at that. (laughs) But then sometimes I'm just like, yeah, it's called we rate dogs and people 
submit photos of their dogs and I caption them and they all get above 10 out of 10. Um, <laughs> but then, yeah, that, I mean, the conversation can't stop anywhere soon. Like, like then there's just a million more questions, um, which is like, it's always entertaining to ask them or enter- entertaining to answer them. But um, sometimes I just end up saying the same thing over and over again. Yeah, a million other questions. I mean, that's kind of why I wanted to talk to you today because I've been following Thoughts of Dog for a really long time. I mean, I've only had Twitter since January of 2017. I was late to that game. It's not really Mm -hmm. my platform at all compared to the other ones. But like I said, you're the only reason I go on Twitter. And I just kind of thought one day, I was like, huh, I should reach out to him. I'm kind of curious about some things. <laughs> and I think the same way I did with like Kevin Rudolph. I was in the pool two weeks ago and I was just listening to his music. And I was like, huh, I should reach out to him. You know, it kind of <laughs> just happens like that. So I reached out to you and here we are. So I'm just curious, Matt, as to where it all started for you. The moment that you realized I'm going to start a a dog, a dog rates account. I'm going to start, <laughs> I'm going to start at dog rates and numerically objectified dogs. What was that moment? Yeah. So, uh, it wasn't like a Eureka moment, which is kind of disappointing, but it was, I joined Twitter in, uh, like mid 2014. So I was also kind of late to the game. Like all my peers had Twitter already. Um, and I found these, uh, comedians or I guess they were amateur comedians at the time. And they would just use those 140 characters to write jokes and I fell in love with that. Like I fell in love with that challenge of, of condensing your thought into that character space. Um, and I just fell in love with comedy in general. So I was using Twitter to write like super formatted jokes and my peers were using it to say like what they had for breakfast in the morning. So it was, it was very different. And most of my friends were like, Matt, what are you doing? Uh, but I was having fun with it. I was using it as my creative outlet. Um, and then I quickly realized as I got better at writing jokes that the internet had the same passion and love for dogs that I did. Um, so as a, a bored college freshman, I was like, I had time for a new project and I knew that I loved comedy. I loved Twitter and I love dogs. So why not utilize those topics and that medium to create something new? And so that's what I did. And it, it took off. I passed my personal account and followers in like five days and it just exploded from there. And I can only attribute it to like people love dogs and no one had put like a ton of effort in the captions above cute animal pictures on Twitter before. Um, but yeah, it, it blew up immediately. And now, I mean, from then to here is just like a blink. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So many questions stemming from that. <laughs> but, <laughs> but there were you always very funny as a child. I know for me, I was, I was the class clown in, you know, fourth grade. I literally won a class clown award and I was, you know, up until seventh grade when I was kind of, when that, when those, that, those personality traits were like suppressed a little bit more. Mm -hmm. Um, I was, I was that guy. I was that guy for a number of years, but it never really translated to adulthood. Um, so were you, were you a class clown when you were younger? Absolutely not. (laughs) No, Mm. I, uh, so I, um, so I, I utilize like creative writing. Like I was placed in a, like a, like in elementary school, like the gifted curriculum, which only means that you're in therapy today. Um, but, uh, I was, oh, I was, wow. yeah, yes, I know yes. I, that tweet is so good. That tweet, <laughs> that tweet is so good. Can you just say it? <laughs> yeah. I think, I think it was like every, every kid that was in gifted in, uh, that was in like the gifted classes in elementary school is in therapy now, which like everyone was like, damn, that's, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I thought that was a funny little thing. Um, but yeah, so I, that like gave me the opportunity to continue with creative writing and allow me to like explore that. Um, but then, like you said, when I hit middle school, like I just suppressed all of that into trying to fit in. Um, like I just, I just didn't utilize that creative outlet anymore. Um, I focused on swimming. Um, like I swam year round. That became my life throughout high school. And it wasn't until junior year of high school where, like, I recognized the need for another creative outlet, and that's when Twitter came along, um, and it presented this this perfect perfect scenario. So have you always liked writing? Is that so that's something you've practiced over the years? Creative writing? I don't know about I don't know about practiced. I've I've I like making a thing and delivering it to an audience. Um, regardless of whatever that thing is. Um, 
like it for like if we're talking specifically about the account it was tweets but then it turned into merchandise and and i mean now now i've kind of pigeonholed myself into the the making of tweets and delivering them um but i guess that's a better way to sum it up than writing or comedy it's just that i like to make a thing and then show it off i really want to emphasize that for especially college age people listening to make a thing and see how people react to it, I think is so valuable. And Seth Godin talks about this. He says, he said on my friend Mark Metry's show, who I should totally hook you up with, by the way, he's got a huge show. And oh, please um, do. Yeah. So uh, he said on Mark Metry's show, to make a thing, to, you know, if you're in college and you're not making a thing right now, while you have no kids, no family, no, none of these, no, no mortgage, none of these, none of these, uh, all these responsibilities that you have t- 10 years later, you're not going to make a thing 10 years later. I mean, now's the time to, the best time to do it. I really do believe that. And I, you know, sometimes I, I like, I look at, you know, my peers and I'm like, come on, like you've, you've got so much time. I'm like, but you know, I can't, I can't really do so much. And I, I I've kind of just zipped my mouth the past couple of years and I just stay silent and, and do my thing. And yeah. In, yeah. in the same vein uh, of taking, like I had a few friends that took a gap year between high school and college uh, to travel. Um, obviously they had the, the finances and the privilege to do so, but I, that's like the greatest thing ever because you're not going to have that opportunity after college, especially if you go down the traditional path of study for your four to six years and then go right into the workforce. Like you don't have time to just go travel the world after that. Um, so I, after seeing a couple of my peers do it, I'm a big advocate for that gap year. So, um, but obviously, obviously it doesn't, it's not available to everyone, but if the opportunity prevent, presents itself, uh, go for it. You took the gap year right after high school. No, I didn't. I just had oh, friends yeah. that did. Oh, um, and, and in retrospect, that's a phenomenal uh, way to get just life experience. Yeah, I believe that as well. I actually, actually know one person from high school that did it. And she's, I, it looked like it, you know, just, just years later on social media, I could tell it just changed her life. It really <laughs> did. I, I, I'm a believer in that as well. So, you know, you were talking about uh, one of my questions earlier was how long did it take for your first thousand followers? But one from what I'm hearing is that it blew up instantly. Okay. So, but yeah, what, was, so what was the catalyst? Is it a bunch of retweets? Uh, it's so Twitter's weird. Like it's hard to identify what exactly the catalyst was. Um, I had almost 10,000 followers on my personal account from, like I said, all those years of writing jokes. Um, so when I made that account, I had that small audience to market mm-hmm. it to. So that gave me my first 500 followers in like an hour. Like I just told them about it and they were already invested in what I was creating. So that was like, it didn't matter what the content was. I was going to get those first 500, 500 followers. Um, and then, yeah, Twitter is like, I, I think one of the reasons I understand Twitter so much is because there's a literal button to share it with the world. Uh, and that's a retweet button. And it's not something that other social media has really like to the same effect. Uh, so if your content is good, it doesn't matter how many followers you have. It's possible for the world to see it. Um, you have viral tweets that come from accounts with 40 followers. Uh, and mm. that Twitter is really the only place where something like that can happen. It's a very unique platform where getting discovered is easier than, than other platforms in my opinion, because that retweet button exists. So, uh, because it was cute animals paired with um, absurdist humor at the time, uh, it, it kind of, it, it was fresh for Twitter. Um, and, and that's what I can kind of attribute that, that first growth to. And then me just genuinely falling in love with writing in that way and, and looking through the submissions. And I mean, at the beginning, I was tweeting like 20 times a day, which is absurd because now I tweet like once or twice a day. Uh, so the fact that it was just a ton of content at once that people were genuinely enjoying, uh, like Twitter doesn't put, there's no cap, like Twitter doesn't present any cap for growth in that scenario. It just goes and goes. Do you think if you were to tweet 20 times per day from your dog rates or thoughts of dog account, do you think that, I mean, you know, it would you could argue that, you know, uh, you know, just more volume would be great. And, and, you know, in theory, it sounds great. But you could also argue that this, the sim, the stimuli would become saturated, saturated oh, yeah. stimuli, and you probably get less likes and retweets. Have you ever tried that? 
so I'm scared to try it because mm. I fully believe it would ruin both accounts. Um, I think that dog rates is incredibly formulaic and repetitive already. Uh, and to, um, to tweet upwards of even three times a day, it's like, ah, well, unless it's like, unless the, the dogs I'm featuring are very diverse, different dogs, the caption styles are a little bit different. Um, but I mean, it, it's, it's almost like dog rates is almost like Mad Libs. Uh, you just fill in the blanks, uh, with the caption. So, I think it could get old very quickly if I tweeted too much. And so like after that first month, I was like, all right, I've, I have to do for my own sanity and for the longevity of this, I have to focus on quality over quantity. Um, and I think with dog feelings, it's almost like, well, first of all, there's only so many dog mannerisms to exploit. Uh, but I think also like if people would, almost not be able to get lost in that world as much if it was a constant thing. Like I think having it be a brief moment of positivity, a reliable piece of positivity is much better than it inundating your entire timeline. Um, I think it's much easier to see the value in it if it's spread out and, 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 and less frequent. Uh, so that's just something I've learned over the last two years. And now like it's better to have people waiting for your content than to get like, I don't know, overwhelmed by it. Well, that makes me think of, say, a Ford. Okay, they're mass produced, and I have a Ford Mustang because it's easy to get one because they're mass produced. It would mm -hmm. be much cooler to have a Bugatti, <laughs> but they're, <laughs> but they're not. You know, there isn't about there isn't five hundred million of them, and they're not. You know, and for that reason, they're not cheap. I guess it's supply and demand in a way. So basically, I can say that dog feelings is the Bugatti of Twitter accounts. It is. So uh, that's my new. That's my new thing. <laughs> I you heard it here first, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, you know what? What is your goal with all of this? <laughs> Great question. Uh, so it, it's weird because all of this has fallen into my lap. Uh, that's how literally every opportunity has come about from this. Uh, I started the account to make people laugh. I did not start it to write a book, write a calendar, have a merch site, make any money off of it. Like all everything after the inception of the accounts was just thrown in front of me for me to just like pick what I wanted to do, which is a crazy awesome scenario, but it doesn't provide it doesn't allow like effective strategizing from there because like, it's just hard to shake the mindset that that's always, that that's not always the case, like that things are just going to keep falling into my lap. Um, so it's been an adjustment to like, uh, like how can I make this, uh, like sustainable long-term. Uh, and so the goals, like, it's hard for me to think past literally the next tweet. Um, mm -hmm. I let the people who have like the little support system that I built around me think of the long-term stuff because I'm so caught up in literally like what I enjoy doing and what I'm passionate about is creating that content. Uh, so when it comes to the goals associated with it, it's like, how can I make like, how can I make this something that I can do for as long as possible because I truly enjoy doing it. So like the goals are like, how can I make it sustainable? How can I make it profitable so that I can keep entertaining? Uh, and outside of that, it's very hard for me to think about long-term goals, which is probably not <laughs> the answer you were expecting. Oh, sure. Uh, but you, you mentioned the support team around you. You, do you, have you hired a team to uh, and outsourced and delegated a lot of things now? Yes. Uh, delegation is the greatest tool that I've picked up over the years. Um, it's I hard. Have, it's very hard at first because I wanted to jump over my accounts and protect them from everything. And for me to be the only one to, to be doing that. Uh, but I quickly realized that I was going to go absolutely crazy if I was the only one handling things. So now I have, and, and like, I also don't like, I think it's much more valuable for me to uh, do what I do best than to try to spread myself too thin. So like with, um, when we started an e-commerce store, I like went to someone that I knew was already on his like fifth Shopify store and knew the ins and outs of e-commerce. And so, and that individual is still running our e-commerce platform. Uh, and then I have once the amount of submissions got overwhelming, but I wanted to keep the account feeling like 
like I didn't want people to think their submissions were being ignored, mm. but I also couldn't like I couldn't handle it. I made it so that like someone else and it now again it's the same person from the beginning condenses them from the thousand a day we get via twitter dms down to 20 or 30 uh, so i only see like the best of the best of the best and from there it's much more manageable and i can focus on what i love doing um and then i guess the so there's there's four of us so the one who runs the e-commerce store one who looks through dog submissions and is more of um, I guess an assistance role, but he's much more valuable than the stereotypical assistant label. Um, and then I do have a manager who's taken all of the incoming inquiries that we get from, from brands and, um, like regarding just general campaigns and, and he's the one that can be like, uh, can sort through them and tell me which ones are potentially valuable. And through that process, we I haven't only learned like the power of delegating, but the power of, of saying no, um, to some of those campaigns. Uh, so yeah, there's, there's four of us and, um, there's definitely room for expansion. Uh, but, uh, everything's, everything's actually, it's been since I've been out in LA, like the last three months have been the busiest of my life. Mm. Um, and things are just moving so fast. So I, if we did this podcast in a year, uh, I would probably say more than, more than four of us. Uh, but we'll see. Smart. The delegation is going to really, you know, as you sort of hit on in, with going crazy, it's going to prevent that burnout. Uh, uh, and it's, mm -hmm. yeah, so it's great that you're doing that. I mean, it's something that all entrepreneurs, or at least most of them, struggle with, especially when they're starting out. It's very difficult to trust somebody with, with, anything it's yeah, really and, and i'm going through it right now personally i am yeah. going i am going through it it's very tough to to trust people with it even though mm -hmm. i kind of need to yeah and and the 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 thing that i see most valuable about my accounts i still haven't been able to do it like i still don't let anyone else write for the accounts um because that's what i see as the as the main driver of everything else so i'm still very protective like like too much. Like we could be could be putting out more content if I trusted. Um, uh, like uh, like now I'm to the point where if I was presented with a team of writers, I'd be like, oh hell yeah, this is this is amazing. But um, I'm still hesitant because I want to protect the thing that I know is generating all of the success. I wonder. Gosh, you make me think with a team of writers. I wonder what thoughts of dog would look like in blog form if you created. It would be crazy. Woo! So again, so I gotta what, see it. What's What's uh, funny is like with dog rates. I, we got a book deal like within the first six months of the account, and I was excited to no longer have a character limit. I was like, oh hell yeah, I can write as much as I want about a dog and in the same style. And I learned very quickly that that's not the case. Uh, dog rates only works in 140 characters mm. in those short blunt sentences. And I feel like dog feelings is very similar. Um, it only works as small bites. Um, so even when we're looking at other literary works, each thought or each rating is still short and sweet and blunt. And it, it can't like I haven't every time I've experimented with going longer, it loses itself. It loses its voice um, because, and I think because I originally crafted and toned that voice on Twitter, it's very, very difficult to adapt it to another platform or another format, which in this case would be a blog. That's a good point. Do you think that that applies universally to tweets in general? Yes, absolutely. I think that that Twitter, I don't, I forget how they came up with 140 characters. I think it was like the standard text message back. Then. I don't, that, I think maybe that might've been like a myth, but well, however they decided it was genius because it is the perfect amount to get like uh, a singular, like you can form a complete thought in that amount of space. Um, and and it so forces you to be concise. Like it forces you. Oh to my goodness! Blunt, yes. Right. Yes. It's a it's a benefit. You know, instead of people yeah, rambling on. Yeah. So even when like when 280 characters was introduced um, with dog feelings, we've gone like I've gone up to that limit, and the tweet has the the content of the tweet has to be phenomenal for there to be value evenly spaced throughout those 280 characters. Um, like it has to be a fantastic idea fantastically executed for a tweet to be worth taking up so much space. 
Um, and so we've seen success, but it's rare. Uh, and with dog rates, I only go past 140 if it's like a GoFundMe or uh, a special, like it, there are some instances where the story of the dog simply cannot be condensed. There are too many factors, too many, too many aspects of the story of the dog that I want to mention. Um, but for the most part, I keep it, keep it under 140. I, I think I've said before, like if I need more than 140 characters to tell you that a dog is good, then I'm not doing, I'm not doing a very good job. <laughs> yes. Always a good dog. Always a good dog. <laughs> I was looking through your shop your your shop on WeRateDogs.com, which is very funny. I, I already know what I'm going to do for Father's Day because my, my father is crazy about our Pomeranian Husky. And he so it's like his new thing. You know, I mean, it's only, uh, Storm is two years old and um, just absolutely loves him. Gets him all organic food and yeah. sweet potatoes and new bones and Amazon. He's <laughs> coming every day. And uh, he, he would absolutely love some of your stuff. So I'm just going to get a bunch of that for him <laughs> <laughs> let me know what we'll send it your way oh you don't have to do that but i i believe in i believe in paying people for and giving credit where credit's due and well i appreciate and, that so. but yeah the, the store has been um something that my audience has really embraced and whether they know it or not that is what is making uh the content better but also remain relevant to their interests um like if if no one supported our store I would be forced to say yes to a lot more ads and brands and campaigns and companies. And because they support the store, I've been able to be very picky with what I devote my time to in that regard. So our sponsored posts always end up being like the perfect integration um, and, and still things that are, that are of interest to my audience. So whether they know it or not, it's, it's a huge help. Mm -hmm. So, there's a very common trend going on now with just about everyone my age, our age, who gets a dog, starts a personal account for that dog. <laughs> yes. And I, what would what would be some tips, some quick tips right off the cuff of growing that if if that is mm -hmm. if that is their goal? I mean, because you know, for not ever, not everyone it is, but I mean. Uh, it wouldn't be a bad thing to get more followers. Yeah, and, and, and I know, I know my my dad. Sorry to cut you off, but no, my fine. dad he's he's always like, why you know, or at least in the beginning, he has a page for Storm, and he's like, why is he not getting, you know, <laughs> well, how do I get more followers, Jordan? <laughs> yeah, it's uh, some people use it just to document their life, like their dogs. Like some people use it just to like as an archive of all those pictures. They want them in a, in a spot. Uh, but yeah, more and more people want to uh, make their dog famous, which I mean, as long as it's genuine, uh, mm. as long as it's not like, Oh, I got the dog. So the dog can be famous. Like I hate that. And I, and I, I, I actually consciously make an effort to not promote that type of thing on my account. Um, Good. But yeah. So regarding like, just like quick tips, there has to be like, since that is the most saturated market of all time, uh, is dogs, Insta dog Instagram accounts. You have to find something like there needs to be a reason other than your dog is cute that people follow your account. Um, you either have to find like an original photography style, which is getting more and more difficult. Um, you have to find a unique writing style, which thank goodness we've trended away from like baby talk and dogs combining. Like, I think that that, that was a very small time frame of the internet that people enjoyed that. And then it got really annoying, but some people held on to it. Uh, so I'm glad we've kind of grown out of that, but I wouldn't go down that route, but you have to find some way to make your captions. Like they don't need to be elaborate, but they need to be, they need to add, entertainment of of sorts um the only dog instagrams i know to blow up without any like um true creative style are the dogs with like very interesting an interesting look like a like one of the Dal one of the dalmatians we had featured had a heart on its nose and of course that dog has 150,000 instagram followers in like six months because it has a heart on its nose it doesn't need to <laughs> be above and beyond with the other aspects of the content um, so I don't know, I would just say have fun with it. And, um, if people notice that you're having fun with it, that you love your dog, your dog loves you, that's much more appealing 
than you trying to like sell your dog out on Instagram. Um, (laughs) So I I don't know. Like, I think people really respect that genuine bond. And if it comes through in your posts, that's so valuable. Absolutely. But, you know, there are some universal things here. It's not just dogs. I mean, the, the universal aspects of growing an account is different, interesting, unique, all points that you mm-hmm. just hit on. I think that's important if people are looking to do that. So when was the moment that you realized you could monetize your accounts and how did you go about that? Um, I don't know if it was realizing that I could, but realizing that I was spending so much time on it that it would be silly not to try. Um, like I was spending like eight hours a day scrolling through dog pictures and I was like, okay, I'm getting genuine, like, um, like, uh, I mean, it's wonderful to be able to entertain in this way, but there needs to be some, I need to get something else out of it. Um, and to, I think I had around 200,000 followers when we first launched stickers um, and the mindset behind launching stickers, and they were just based off of some of my, my more popular posts. Uh, the mindset there was that it was a low commitment purchase. I think they were like $4 after shipping even. Um, and try, kind of just test the waters and see if people would trust a Twitter account to buy from a Twitter account. Like I know it's it's mm-hmm. kind of common these days, but three years ago, not many people did that. Not many people would click a Twitter link and then go buy something from it. Because I mean, I even myself, I'd be like, yeah, I'm probably not ever getting that. Uh, And then once we kind of, once people got those stickers and were showing them off and we built a little bit of a rapport with our audience regarding merchandise, we were confident in our ability to launch a whole store and kind of give it a more professional feel. Like if we thought if we came across as like um, a full store, like we had our own, we, we, I knew that I wasn't going to ship things from my dorm room. Like I knew that I wanted to do a fulfillment company and that would handle all the products and and shipping and basically do everything for me besides like design and pick the products we wanted them on. Um, I knew that's what I wanted. Um, So, and and so when we launched, and again, this is when I learned to delegate, like I didn't know how to do any of that, um, but I had this individual that that was um, good at it. And he knew, like we did a whole promo video to launch the store. uh, And it was just really cool to see people like buy anything. Um, and then obviously one, when the account kept growing, we kept finding ways to, um, like make the merchandise fresh. And we started like, uh, basing the launches around holidays. Like we made Valentine's day specific merch, mother's day specific merch. Um, when the holidays came around, like, like Christmas merch. Um, and that seemed to give us these little bumps in, in sales that kind of kept us going and kept us wanting to innovate and, and, uh, like keep the store going. Um, and then we realized that like, uh, people would, it was, so we were, we would spend a ton of time making elaborate designs. And then we were like, all right, we're just going to put like the simplest phrase in lowercase Helvetica on a shirt and see what people think. And people lost their minds. It was like the greatest discovery ever that people wanted to buy simple things that communicate their love for dogs in the simplest way. Um, I see like, I just went to Corgi beach day last weekend and everyone had these very elaborate designs, Corgi puns and all this stuff. But our tell your dog, I said, hi shirts and hats, (laughs) or I miss my dog shirts and hats were the most prevalent ones there because they communicate what you feel in such a simple way. Um, and so once we realized that the sky was the limit, um, regarding like how we advertised them, um, how we promoted them, uh, and how we marketed the store as, as a whole. Yeah. I should get one of those shirts. I bet it's a conversation starter. I got to It's, it'd be a nice social experiment. I know, I know people get comments on those shirts. Yeah. It's the, so the stickers, um, especially like we have the tell your dog, I said hi stickers and people put them on their cars mm. and people literally like pull, pull over, uh, and, and start, like, I've, I've seen stories that are just like, yeah, people like wave to me as they pass by with their dog in the passenger seat. Um, and like, and that type of thing, like it's, I'm so happy that, that, that like, I thought of that phrase because it truly embodies, like, not only does it apply to people that for some reason or another can't have a dog at this time. 
but it, it also implies, like, even if you have a dog, you want to make sure all the dogs around you know that you love them. Like, I don't know. It was, it was just, it was just perfect. And I'm happy to see that, that people, people really enjoy it. One of my favorites is Goob, Goob Morning. G-O-O-O-O-B-B Morning. That's always been my, my favorite. Yeah, that's, that's a little bit of a different scenario because if you, like, that has nothing, like, outside of the dog feelings context, that has nothing to do with dogs. Um, no. So that's, like, that's only, and still, people buy that mug, like, crazy. Not only because, like, mugs are good for coffee in the morning and having morning on there is, is like, that's why people buy it. But like people are so enamored by that account that they want to support it by simply buying the, um, like the, the most uh, common phrase on the account. Like that's crazy. Um, but once, once I saw that, like, I don't even know how I started doing that, but once I started doing it and recognizing that people loved it, I knew that just like everything else, I had to be very careful with how I used it, how often I used it, when I used it, um, so that it could remain entertaining a year later. Um, and I think, I think that's something that we've been posting in the tweets for over a year now, which is crazy. Cause like, if you take a step back, it's a really silly, dumb thing to keep doing, but people love it. Um, I don't think they would love it if I put it in every single tweet. Um, or if I Saturated used it, stimuli. yeah. Or if I used it in a way that, that, that wasn't, um, how I initially used it. So like, that's something that I've always been conscious of. And in the back of my head also, it's like, all right, well, if I use it effectively, if I make up a new phrase or a new word and I use it effectively, then one day I could put it on merch and have people genuinely like it. So that's one thing that I think about as well. But most of these things just happen organically and then we roll with it afterwards. Does all of this add up to a fun life for you? Like, is this really enjoyable for you? I know Sometimes when I walk around, I'm just, I literally laugh to myself. I will talk to myself. I'll like, so I'll literally say good morning as I'm walking down the stairs. I, oh my God, I, Matt, I said it this morning. I said good morning. And then there was a guy right around the corner that said good morning. I was like, that I, that I saw like three seconds later. I was like, oh my God. <laughs> but, but what do you, are, are you, what do you walk around? Like, what does Matt Nelson look like when he's walking around? It's it's funny because like I do the same high pitched gasp every time I see a dog as well. Like that is what my audience does. That is what I do. Like I, one of the reasons that I like always have a finger on the pulse of my audience and I know what they want is because I am my audience. Like I, I enjoy dogs and love dogs just as much as my most avid fans. So that is something that I don't think I'll ever truly understand the value of from a content creation standpoint. Um, but yeah, no, it's like, that's so interesting. Wow. It, yeah. So like I genuinely, and I've had a few people ask me like, does it, do you get tired of looking at dog pictures? And genuinely no. Like I think <laughs> I would if I was still going through all of them, all of the submissions, but because we have this system in place where I see like the, the, the quote unquote best pictures, um, I, I don't get tired of it at all. Like when I do, I've done a couple like talks at schools where like afterwards, um, I do a little meet and greet and people like literally just pull out their mm -hmm. phone and show me pictures of their dogs that will never get tired. Like, mm -hmm. I'm not like, Oh, I don't want to see another dog. Like, no, I absolutely want to see your specific dog. Um, so I, I, I don't know. And the opportunities that have come with this are just absurd. Like I would have never imagined that a, a Twitter account could lead me to, to where I am now. Like the opportunities it presents, the connections that it presents is absurd. Like I could not like, hang out with like I, I went to um so chrissy costanza do you know who that is i don't she's the lead singer of against the current which is like a they're like a pop band um and they I, they're pretty popular i think still but like i'm like really good friends with chrissy costanza now and i have a tweet from i have a tweet from 2013 that's just like i think i just fell in love with chrissy costanza and i send it to her all the time because that was before she even like knew i existed and now we like text every day it's just wow. it's it's crazy um, so like just to have a Twitter account and to like those connections, those opportunities are absurd. Um, and like even going to Corgi beach day, like that opportunity of just being out here and being in an environment where like, that is my work. Like me getting an Instagram story from Corgi beach day is literally my work for the day. That is, that is crazy to think about. And because I do have this genuine passion for dogs, it's a pretty sweet setup. <laughs> That's beautiful. And, uh, it's really the internet as a whole that's allowing 
you and I to make these sort of connections and befriend our sometimes even our heroes. And I, yeah. mean, I, I do the same thing with a lot of people who were my heroes, you know, 10 years ago, uh, like Kevin Rudolph was my hero 10 years ago. Uh, you know, like I, it, it, he's, he's, he's my guy, let it rock. Mm -hmm. And, and I just, I just interviewed him on, on Tuesday or two days ago. Yeah. And yeah, it's, it's crazy. It, the it internet just, is a crazy place. Yeah. And it's, and it's like, you know, and we stayed off afterwards and talked for a really long time and, and it was an hour as before that. And, you know, and he's only right in Miami and we're going to go get lunch when I'm over there. And it's just mm -hmm. really, really cool that you and I get to have these opportunities. It's, it's really not as hard as some people think too. Sometimes, sometimes, I mean, for me, I mean, you, you probably get a lot more opportunities coming to you, but sometimes for me, it's just a, it's just a cold email. I mean, I guess the way I emailed you, right? It's yeah. Just, yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. So you can reach out to anyone. Yeah. And I think the internet offers this, like, you're on the same parallel as everyone else. Like, it doesn't matter who you are. Like, you have, like, Twitter gives you access to these people. Now, whether they respond or not, it's a different story, but you do have access to them. Uh, and yeah, it's, it's just, it's crazy. Um, so, and I think a lot of people want a platform, but I think they, like, I sacrificed, like, a social life for three years to, like, have the platform that I do now. So the trade-off for me is that I literally have more internet friends, like, true internet friends that, that mean a lot to me than I do in real life friends. And that's just how, like, my life has turned out to be. I don't think there are, there's long lists of pros and cons there. It's just the situation that I'm in. Um, and it offers, yeah, it just offers the, um, like, I can go to most cities in the country and have a friend to go to dinner with. Like, that's just, that's absurd. And you don't get that if you're limited to your like physical friends in your location. So that's another thing that the internet has provided me for sure. Exactly. Same exact experience over here, brother. I mean, it is so, so cool. And I, and I do have more internet friends just like you than, than real life friends. I have a lot of real life friends, but more internet. I have a, I have a ton, a ton of internet just because the opportunities are literally quite limitless. Yeah, so exactly. It's, um, it's, it's really great. And it is, you, you can really get to know these people via, you know, whether it's something like this or even just hopping on a phone call or just, you know, like just met, I, I mean, some people I've just messaged back and forth with for months, like mm -hmm. every day. And then we get on a phone call and it's just uh, the people that, that, that see my content. And it's just like really cool, man. It's so yeah. Cool. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. And like, I'm a very introverted person. Like it's not, but like I, I do like, I don't know. I, I don't want to, I don't want to come across like, Oh, I have more internet friends because I've lost a social life because of the internet. But it's, it's like, it's just the internet provides such a different, um, it's a different experience, but the, the, I, there's a podcast that Veronica, Veronica Belmont does. That's, uh, I think it's like, um, like, uh, URL is IRL. Like it's the same, like the internet is, is more and more becoming like not different than real life. Like these, like it's, it's sometimes it's hard to communicate that the relationships you make online are valuable and legitimate. Um, but I, hopefully I think that trend is going away and it, it's, it's among like my, my peers that recognize that those type of relationships are just as valuable as, uh, in real life ones. Ironically here was one of my questions was, do you think social media is playing a role in the rising levels of, of depression and loneliness? Oh yeah. <laughs> so yeah, a, it's a double-edged sword. Yes, it is. Uh, and I think it's just, it's, it's all in moderation. I think moderation has a big thing to do with it. I cannot imagine the anxiety and depression I would have if I started my Twitter experience just like two years younger. Um, I think it would have been crippling. Like, I don't know how kids these days are, have the potential to grow up without some sort of anxiety. Um, like I, and I don't know, like, cause I'm a big advocate for the internet. I think it was a net good in the world, but it's just, you gotta be so careful because there are so many ways that you're like, you're just exposed to so much that it's, it's easy to, to, I don't know, get, get like super introspective. And like, when you do that, that's where anxiety and depression can come from. Like, I don't know. I've, I've, I'm a huge advocate for, for therapy as well. I've been going for like two years now and it's just a, a great way to 
um, have some consistency in your life because the internet rarely offers consistency. And that kind of goes back to why a lot of people enjoy my accounts because it is that brief, reliable consistency in their day. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know really how I feel about like the age people should start getting on the internet because like, I, I understand, like I see the type of YouTube and TikTok content that people can consume nonstop. And I don't know how you end up normal after watching so many hours of that stuff. Um, so I don't know. I, I, I have yet to fully develop my thoughts on it, but, um, yeah, if I were to have gotten on Twitter just a little bit earlier, I think it would have just amplified my anxiety. Thank you for sharing that piece about going to therapy because I've been going for six months and it's not at all because anything is wrong with me. It's because, Mm -hmm. and I've, we've talked about this on the show before, I believe like, I mean, it was probably like four months ago, but it is the responsible thing to do if you care about if you care about yourself, if you really mm-hmm. love yourself, I think it's a very responsible thing. And it's it's it as I as I mentioned, it's the one of the utmost signals of self-respect, I believe. Yeah, that's and, a very good way to put it. Yeah. And so so thank you for sharing that, Matt. Now what what does your screen time look like? I gotta know. Oh, I mean, you you have an iPhone, right? Yeah, yeah. Let me pull oh, it up. Oh gosh. <laughs> it's uh yeah, it's embarrassing. Oh, there he goes. Okay, so uh, two minutes under ten hours. <laughs> oh my! Per day? Yeah. What? So, and I can break it down for you. So, Twitter is at twenty hours. So, this is the week. Um, so, let's see. Weekly total of almost seventy hours. No. <laughs> yeah. Um, wow. Twitter's at uh, twenty hours. Instagram's at fourteen. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, okay, so like maybe it's a little bit exaggerated because like Waze is four hours, almost five hours. So like that's just the amount of time I've been in my car. Right. Um, but yeah, no, for the most part, it's, I would say we're, we're nine hours a day easy. Um, and that's literally like, it's hard to break that down like into work and like, I don't know what you'd call the, the other like aspect of using social well, media. Pretty much productivity versus distraction. Yeah, that's, yeah. Great way to put it. Um, so productivity is, and those are so much, so combined for me. Like I could just like scroll through, I could be like, if I pull up Twitter right now, I'm scrolling through my mentions. That is a mix of those two things. <laughs> uh, because I will, like if I'm on TweetDeck, I've got all my accounts synced together. Uh, so like I, I'm getting valuable feedback from my audience, but then I'm also being entertained by what they're, what they're doing. Like, like, okay, so here's a dog picture and then here's a response to a tweet. Here's another dog. Like it's, it's, it's weird to, to diagnose those specific hours. Um, for the most part, all of it, I can, I can tie probably 80% of that to productivity because even in my like distractions, I'm learning more about my audience and my peers and the people that consume my content and the people that I want to consume my content and all those different variables, it's helping me be more entertaining and create better content. So it's just hard to differentiate sometimes, which makes it again, hard to plan, hard to structure, hard to set goals. Um, But yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So I'll be, so I will say my screen time's at Three hours and 36 minutes per day. But here's the thing. I'm not off the hook, Matt, because, and I do have a, a, some software on my computer that tells me how long I spend on the computer. And I do spend, gee, uh, already today, I'm three hours and 41 minutes on the computer. Gotcha. And I, I'll, I'll spend 40 hours a week on the computer. So I guess I, and then you combine that with the 25 with, mm-hmm. so I'm, I'm on, on the phone. I'm right there with you. I'm right yeah. there with you. And I don't, anti- I don't anticipate it being like this my whole life. I, I, the way I look at it is that I am hustling so hard right now, doing the hard things today oh, to make yeah. my life easier tomorrow. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Most people are doing the easy things today and their life is a little bit harder tomorrow. It's, it's front-loaded stress doing the hard things today versus back-loaded stress doing yeah. the hard things tomorrow. So I, I is that resent does that is that your perspective on it as well that you don't anticipate it being like this the entirety of your life 
Yes. Well, so two things. Um, the, so you mentioned earlier that like I can do this from anywhere, which is true. And that's why my phone has all those hours because I'm not sitting at a desk on my laptop. I'm on my phone doing whatever it is I'm doing. Like I can be like, even from like laying in my bed on my phone to going to the gym and, and listening to music on my way there. Like, it's just, it's not like, it's not like I'm in a cubicle doing it. It's I'm out and about but that's why it's my phone and not my computer. Um, and then I, I agree 100% on working now. So it's easier later. But then I think like what's hard to do is find out when later is, uh, like what, like, I don't know if you're not, it, sometimes it's hard to see like things paying off. So it's hard to understand when that shift should happen between like, uh, that working really hard to being able to stop. Um, that's just a difficult place to, to, to pinpoint. Um, but I, I feel the same way. It's like, let's, let's focus on like, let's work our asses off now so that like one day it doesn't have to be 10 hours a day on your phone. It can be, it can be three hours a day on my phone and 10 hours a day on a golf course or something like that. Absolutely. Well, it's the long game versus the short game. Everyone, a lot of people look for the short, they play the short game, the quick momentary pleasure that's that's fleeting we -hmm. play the long game it's a more holistic game to gain more holistic pleasure and you and i find so much joy in every day and and i feel very like i feel very confident speaking for you there i mean because that's that's accurate is that accurate right yeah i would say it's generally accurate right so but I think it's a very, I think it's a very holistic way of living, playing the long game. And and there are many areas of my life that I do that, you know, in the way that I reach out to people. Granted, with you, it was very different, Matt, but because I just emailed you and you'd never seen my name before. But mm-hmm. with most people, I'll comment on their stuff and uh, yeah. for for months on end until mm-hmm. they until they respond, start responding to me, and until they message me, and then I know exactly when to swoop in. Yeah, yeah. There are many different areas that that you and I play the long game. So, I, but I do admire that about you that you play the long game, and it's so I I just love that dialogue that we shared there. Now, as we begin to wrap up, you know, what are some areas of your life that you need to improve on? Oh, that's a great question. Hmm. So we, I mean, we, we talked a little bit about how like delegation has turned into a strength, but then again, obviously in the, in the actual content creation area, like it's not, it's still not a strength. So I think being able to, to, oh, never mind. We'll just skip that one. My, I guess the biggest weakness currently that I need to improve on is, uh, not, not really caring what, um, I don't know, ignoring hate. Like, I don't know how to, how to word this, but I am all for ignoring hate. Yeah. Because it's never like the internet never provides actual negative criticism. It's always blind hate. So, and I just struggle. Like I am such a people pleaser. Like when I'm walking down the street, like I need everyone to love me. Um, I don't do anything to make that happen, but I'm just, I just want them to really love me. Um, So that's something that, that I, I don't know if I'll ever, be really good at ignoring because it just, it just gets to me. Like there's uh, I forget who the comic is, what, the, who it's by, but there's a comic of um, like this little character and he's like eating breakfast and there's all these positive comments around his head and there's one negative one. And then as the day goes on, as he's doing different things, all the positive comments fade away and the one negative one is still there. That is just how I live my life. <laughs> uh, and that's just not healthy. Like it's, it's not, good to weigh on the, like that, that was just some probably 13 year old that was like, I'm going to just, I'm just going to type this. Like there was no malice or there was no like genuine thought behind that, but I just spent all day thinking about it. And that's not, that's not productive for anyone. Um, and it's something that I just need to recognize myself doing and stop, (laughs) like focus on the good, focus on what I'm in control of instead of, uh, like, soaking in the negativity um and like i can't imagine being in a different line of content because 99 percent of my like inbox is positive things mm-hmm. i cannot imagine running social media for like an airplane company like i can't oh my God. it would be awful i would be crippled every day by things people were saying 
Um, so that's just a big area that I need to improve on because some like feeding into it ends up like in a way worse predicaments, um, fueling that fire, giving that attention is what can be your downfall. Um, so I, I'm just, I'm just, that's, yeah, that's a huge area. That's like always weighing on my mind of how to ignore it. How can I just get away from it? Gosh, we really relate on so many <laughs> levels, okay? Because, and I've said this so many times to people that, that I'm trying to get them to understand how I feel when, when I'm feeling down about this sort of thing. Mm-hmm. I, I've literally said, listen, the 20,000 comments praising me just went to crap. Oh, they yeah. They, they oh, just, yeah. They, 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 this one right here, just that's all that matters and and sometimes matt it is so it is so tough the only difference between you and i is that i purposefully instigate <laughs> okay oh, um yeah. i've read I don't, I don't know if you're familiar with russell brunson and dot no. secrets and you know it's a brilliant brilliant internet marketing book uh-huh. and, and he's just a very brilliant internet marketing authority along with seth godin but russell brunson something i learned in that book is and listeners have heard me say this many times, and, and people who follow me know that I do this. Draw your line in the sand. Choose a side. Because if nobody's taught, you know, if, if, nobody, if you don't stir the pot and nobody's, ta- if you don't, if you are stay neutral, nobody's mm-hmm. talking about you, nobody cares, and you're not making money. Mm-hmm. Granted, it's a little bit different for you. You just have a gigantic audience. But for someone like me, I mean, the, for me, I have... I have 21,400 people on LinkedIn, uh, followers on LinkedIn. And mm-hmm. that's, that's like, you know, that's good. That's mm-hmm. good for me, right? It's a much different scale than you. Oh, yeah. No, but, I, I got it. But for me to, to drum up the, uh, to, you know, when I started doing this back in the day, you know, to, to drum up a, a te- you know, attention and draw attention to, to the things I was doing, I had to be different. Had to be different yep. and draw and, and just do everything I can. I, I knew I had to draw my line in the sand. And so I will talk very, I, I will purposely say some very edgy, very edgy things about, uh, uh, you know, about it, all, a number of topics, but education, the, the chief, the, the chief culprit that I will go out there and just say some very outlandish things like, you know, when I walk into a grocery store and the cashier hands me a receipt, I always say, no, thank you. You can throw it away. I don't need it. Well, when I walk across the stage and get my college degree, I'll probably say the exact same thing. And that blew, <laughs> and that blew up. And I got so much love for it, like 80% love, yeah, but yeah. 20% like pure, a vicious, attacking yeah. hatred. Yeah. Hatred. And, and I knew it too. And I, and I, and I, I'm like insane because I I I repeatedly do it because I, I I know like I need to do it but it's it's so hard to deal with Matt it's so hard I need yeah. to improve there as well long long uh long uh talk there but <laughs> I I just I I felt that very deeply Matt yeah that's it's just something that that if I were better at it not only would I have avoided um like controversy with the accounts but I would have. A, I'd be in a much better mental health place um, if I could just put put the, sh- the shades up and, and and the filters up and not not worry about those things. Agreed. So rapid fire round. I'm going to say a word, Matt, and you're okay. going to tell me the first thing that comes to mind. <laughs> okay. Animals. Dogs. Oh gosh, dog. <laughs> <laughs> uh, pet. Cat. Worst pet. Wow. <laughs> I'm I was so I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> I was so curious as to what you were gonna say to that. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's it's funny because people are always like, oh, start a we rate cats. And like <laughs> I don't have anything against cats. I'm very neutral when it comes to cats. I just don't have the same passion for cats yeah. than I do for dogs. Glad right. I could clear that up. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I, I feel that. Success. Oh. Oh. Oh, this one stumped Kevin Rudolph big time. Yeah, because day. it's like, oh, I want to answer it in a correct way. 
but it's difficult. right. Okay, there's a stigma around it, and there's a stigma around making money. That is, that, and successful people are 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 greedy. But that's yeah, not. no, no, so, no. Yeah. I almost, I almost was like my way as my oh, answer. Okay. But like, I, I don't, I didn't want to be like because then I was like, oh, I could do like what I, how I measure success. Um, like I could literally say retweets. <laughs> right. um, but huh, damn. That's a good one. Uh, mm. we'll, you, we'll, you want to come back to it? Yeah, we'll do that one last. Love. That's even harder. <laughs> <laughs> Should have emailed these these first. Um, oh, God. <laughs> Nothing. Something had to come to mind. Okay, we, we, this is, I'm so inside my head with this. It's yeah, crazy. Yeah. It's Thank crazy. You too much. Yes, I, I've, I've long suffered from the disease of overthinking, very much. So we'll come back to success. Okay. And love. I really want. I really want answers for those. Okay. Uh, Growth. <laughs> <laughs> Are you a reader? Not huge, um, but like, dude, I feel like I should be. I should be like killing this um but like the words that are coming to my head are just like they're they're almost nonsensical that's okay um okay that's okay all right you said growth growth platform matt nelson driven nice nice success entertainment and finally, love. Dogs. Amazing. There you go, Matt. Okay. I, I kind of want, okay, so I kind of, so success, I was torn because it's like, there are so many like little variables that I battle with myself all day to figure out what constitutes success. Like even when it comes to literally tweets, the benchmark for what I consider um, success is changes with every single post. Like, like it, it's just so variable and, and so like, like obviously like I remember the first time I got a hundred likes in three minutes cause I had never done that on my personal account, but I did it with dog rates. I was freaking out. And then a month later it was like, all right, can I get 800 likes in eight minutes? And then it was like, can I get 1600 likes in 16 minutes? Now it's like, can I get, can I hold a thousand likes a minute for 20 minutes? Uh, so for those things to like, when you say success, it was like me racking my brain for something that, that like, that like, uh, was like, so this o overarching word to like make the last three years make sense. And that's obviously not what you were looking for, but that's what, <laughs> went, that's what went through my head. So just some context there. Fair enough, Matt. So <laughs> people, people must must find you online okay this these are must follow accounts this is as i said the only reason i go on twitter i appreciate at, that at dog underscore rates at dog underscore feelings thoughts of dog my, you know my favorite one and then at dog father which is your personal account which is great as well, which is where we pulled the effectively monetized uh, Twitter account tweet from. That's his pinned tweet. It's go retweet it. It's so good, okay? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and then WeRateDogs.com is the store where you can get your Mother's and Father's Day gifts for or, your, or for your pet's birthday. Gee whiz. Uh, <laughs> there you go, yeah. Yeah, is there anything, anything else, Matt? I don't think so. I think you nailed it. Great. All right. So, Matt, I do have to acknowledge you for being a shining light in what can sometimes be a sea of darkness on Twitter. Sometimes something I talked about recently with Kevin Rudolph was creating something that makes people feel. Mm -hmm. And you absolutely do that. You make millions upon millions of people feel good when they see your posts and you never know what that can do for someone who's having a rough go of it. And you had mentioned you know, the people with the stickers and stopping a stopping a pulling over to the side of the road and saying, Hi, you're creating connections. You're making people feel, creating manufacturing amazing, creating something that people feel. And I think that is a fantastic service for the world. And you're you're shockingly humble. I don't know that 
I don't know. I, I, I'm not as humble. And I, in, even in your position with that, with your audience, I don't think I would be, uh, any, any less, any, uh, more humble. Uh, <laughs> it, it's really, it's, it's very tough, but it's, you, you are fantastic. So thank you. And I acknowledge you. You are the man. I really appreciate that. That's something that I've, I've purposefully tried to hold on to. So I really appreciate that. Fantastic. So my final question is if you could create a course, teach a course at a university, course of your creation or otherwise, what would it be? Uh, Building a community online specifically. Love it. Matt Nelson, you are the man. Thank you very much. Thank you. There you have it, my friends. This has been another episode of the Growth Mindset University podcast. Now, if you enjoyed this one today, I would really appreciate it if you could leave us a quick five-star rating in iTunes. All you have to do is grab your iPhone or iPad, open up the Apple Podcast app, hit the search tab, search the show Growth Mindset University, or just search my name, Jordan Paris, tap the show, scroll all the way to the bottom, and then just hit that fifth star, and that helps us tremendously in ways that you could never even imagine it means the absolute world to me when people do this i would be eternally grateful if you do that we're pushing 100 ratings right now and it's really making a difference for this show and of course if you've not already subscribed to the show just make sure you do that wherever you're listening to so that you don't miss that next episode i know you're not going to want to miss it And you only heard this episode today because I thought it was valuable enough to post here. So if you want to share that value with your friends, your family, go ahead and do that. Share this episode with them. Take a screenshot. Send it to them. Take a screenshot. Put it on your Instagram story and tag me at J underscore Paris underscore so that I know you're listening and I can get back to you and put a face to the name. Now, if you're ready to really take your life to the next level, My book is on Amazon. It is also called Growth Mindset University. It's all about how to learn anything, how to take control of your life, and how to fulfill your vision of success. And you're not just supporting me and this channel by getting this book, but you're also getting this awesome book that's going to lay out the rules and principles to design your life full of joy and fulfillment. All right. I love you all so very much. And until next time, my friends, make every day count, live to learn and grow to give.